Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hello. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan. We've learned a lot about nutrition for humans and the importance of organic, non-processed foods. Is it any different for our four-legged friends? So this program today will be for the dog lovers in the audience. Maybe uh, So we give real food to our dogs when we open a bag or a can. We pour out the kibbles. Do you think that's good nutrition and they're thriving on that? The dogs are real beings, and they need real food as, so, as well, says our guest, Gail Pruitt. We never think of feeding our children out of a bag or a can for the rest of their lives, so why are we doing it for our pets? Dogs have lived with humans over 40,000 years. Some experts think much longer. These dogs have been eating the same foods as humans for that long. It's only about 100 years ago that the big food companies realized how much money can be made by providing food for our loving pets. So today, to help us look at this issue, we have Gail Pruitt. She's been a nutritional uh, nutritionist and chef since 1996. She earned her certified nutritionist degree from the American Health Science University's National Institute of Nutritional Education. She's currently working with Convergent Marketing as a nutritionist and product specialist. She conducts nutritional research that focuses on human and canine nutrition and specializes in digestive issues and disorders. She also is a guest lecturer and was the executive chef for McNutt Oil, a gourmet cooking oil company. She's worked as a personal chef and has owned and operated the fine food delivered, preparing and delivering unique meals for those with special dietary needs. Her recipes have occurred in national magazines and best-selling cookbooks, such as the Hampton Diet Cookbook. Plus, she was a food writer for the Dallas-based magazine, Lifestyle Solutions. She's written two cookbooks published by St. Martin's Press, The Doggone Good Cookbook, released in February 2013, and The Doggone Good Cuisine, released in February of 2014. In addition, she is associate editor for the Nutricula magazine, which is in the Science of Longevity Journal. So welcome. Welcome to the show, Gail. Well, thank you, Dr. Susan. I really appreciate that. That sounded great. Well, uh, and you and what I want to thank, I mean, I want to really congratulate you. You said Nutricula correctly. So most people don't. Well, I mispronounced so many words that that might be an anomaly. <laughs> well, you did it great. Anyway, thank you so much for having me today and letting me talk about dogs. Yeah, well, dogs are important. I mean, there are some that love them and others we know neutral to dogs. So, But tell me, what got you interested in dog nutrition? Well, I've always had dogs as growing up. We had actually, we had all kinds of critters and we had um, uh, gardens and, and everything. So we had always fresh food. And we fed our dogs just what we ate, and um, but we didn't know we didn't really know what to do with it. But um, anyway, I 
about 10 years ago, I bought a little condo in Fort North Dallas, and I wanted to have a little dog in that condo. So I went to the, the um, pound, the shelter, and I told them I wanted a cute little fluffy dog, little bitty dog. Well, they said, we'll go back and look. And what they did was they handed me this strange-looking little animal and said, hold this while we go back and look. So when they came back, they said, we don't have a fluffy little cute pretty dog. So they tried to take this creature away from me, and there was absolutely no way. She was strong as an ox. So I knew I was going to take this little doggy home. She turned out to be a dachshund pit chihuahua mix, if you can imagine that. I can't imagine a conception, that's for sure. (laughs) And strong as she could be, but she only weighed about 12 pounds because she was so malnourished. She had been a street dog, and it took them almost a year to catch her because she's fast and really smart, and she could climb open doors, open gates. Uh, She's an escape artist, and she was a mess. So anyway, I brought her home, and she had fleas. She had tapeworms. She had you know, she had diarrhea and vomiting. I had to take all my carpets up, and uh, she was just a, a real mess. So I thought I have to do something. So common sense would say, well, you know, maybe you ought to get another dog. So that's what I did. I went and got another dog, and which was even worse. <laughs> so. Um, I knew I had to do something for these guys. Um, One of them was a puppy mill dog um, that was so stressed out, he was losing all of his hair. And he's a beautiful little dog, but he was totally stressed. So I started doing research on dog nutrition. They were not doing well at all with the um, really great dog foods that I would buy at the vet's office. So I thought, you know, these are little animals. They're, they're real. They're live beings. Why would we give them food out of a bag? So what I did was I started giving them really fresh food and doing the research. And, you know, it took, it took a year, and these are the healthiest little dogs around. For eight years now, they have not had diarrhea or vomiting. And Mimi is now, um, she weighs 18 pounds, and she's not fat. And Mr. Casper has not changed one bit. And they were probably over two years old when I got them. So I've had them for 10 years, so they're at least 12 years old. It's really quite amazing what 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 can be done with really good food. So what do you feed them? Well, (laughs) I feed them what I eat. And, of course, I eat, I'm a nutritionist chef, so I eat really good. I eat really well, and um, I eat organic. So I also do research on human food, and I realize that, you know, the the larger the variety of food, the better off you're going to be. Whole foods, not isolated nutrients out of supplements, but whole foods uh, are the best. And, you know, like you can do... Give you an example, like an apple. An apple has at least 1,200 nutrients that we know of. 
and they all work together. There's also enzymes in there. There's phytonutrients. There's bioflavonoids. There's just all kinds of wonderful things in, in that one apple. If you look at a bag of dog food, you're going to find 40 isolated nutrients, 40, and they're made in a lab. The dogs may or may not be able to actually assimilate that, but they can real food. But what you have to do is you have to puree that food to make sure that the food is where they can actually digest it. They don't have, like, amylase like we do in our mouth to help start, start the digestive process. So that's, that's kind of where I am, and that's where, why I decided to um, start writing about this, um, these, these dogs and my neighbor's dogs, and uh, they, were, were, they were doing really, really well with that. So that's the reason why I'm, I did the two books. Well, don't the pet food companies stress not feeding dog food to humans? Or not, well, yeah, or not they, they, human that's not good. Vice versa. <laughs> that's not, that's not a good thing to do. You don't want to feed dog food to humans. But they also tell you or tell the, the veterinarian, they tell the veterinarian that dogs have a very um, fragile digestive system, so you don't want to change their food very often. You want them to to use the same food every day, all day, for years and years and years. Does that make sense? Well, in humans, it certainly doesn't because it's it's a setup for the development of food sensitivities. Well, exactly. So it would be the same thing with dogs. Just exactly. That's why I, I do believe that that's one of the reasons why we have an epidemic of uh, cancers and um other really bad issues, uh, sick issues, Cushing's disease, uh, so many different diseases with our pets. It's because of the food that we're feeding them. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to cook every meal for your dog, but to change it up occasionally and give them fresh food is really an important thing. Um, Purdue University did a study back in 2005. And what they did was they gave fresh vegetables three times a week to these uh, dogs. And what they found was that it actually reduced the rates of cancer up to 70%. Wow. Now, that's really amazing. Now, that was just orange food. That Aren't means- they supposed to get fat if they eat human food? Well, it depends on what human food you feed them. But, but, but no, my dogs are not fat. They have stayed the same weight for years. Would this encourage begging? No. Why would it? No, because what you do is you make your, their dog food. Actually, I take about um, I take about two two hours every two to three weeks and make the biggest portion of their food and put it in little. Um, uh, individual, you know, servings and put it in the, the freezer. And I take it out the night before. But if I have a dinner that I'm cooking that I know they can eat everything in it, then I also give it to them as well. So you can cook for yourself and the dogs at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Just Well, I'll, well, I'll tell you, like last night, they had beef tenderloin with a... Um, 
uh, broccoli souffle. Wow. They, I mean, they love it, but they don't get that all the time. This afternoon, what they got was crickets and, <laughs> and freeze-dried celery and broccoli. That's what they got to, to this afternoon. Crickets? Uh-huh. Where do you get crickets? Well, you buy them. You can buy, and I get only um, crickets for human consumption. And I get them out of Canada, but you can buy them uh, here in the States. Mm. As a matter of fact, even in Silicon Valley, they call crickets their brain food. Yes, I hear that's an up-and-coming trend. Well, it's great for dogs, too. Uh, actually, there is, um, they have a higher protein profile than beef. Yes, I heard that. So what kind of nutrients do the dogs need? Well, they need, they need a lot of different kinds, especially protein. They need um, a large variety of proteins, not just one type of protein, uh, because there's different amino acids in different proteins. And, of course, they really do need the L-carnitine and the proline. Uh, they need all of those. Uh, L-carnitine is really important. Uh, they can get that in heart. They need the vitamin B. They need vitamin A, which they can get in liver. But you need to change it up. I give liver maybe twice a week, small amounts. So, and they have just different, different proteins. So is their diet sort of like ours, or what are the differences? Yeah. There's, the, well, there's only a few things that they really shouldn't eat. And uh, that would be like grapes, coffee. They can't have coffee. They can't have chocolate. They can't have they eat um, onions. Onions actually can make them anemic. Uh, don't give them any macadamia nuts. <laughs> that, they'll kill them. Also, artificial sweeteners like xylitol, they can actually die within just an hour of, of getting a small amount of xylitol because what it does is it uh, lowers the blood pressure. What about stevia? Well, uh, you know, iffy on stevia because stevia also helps lower blood pressure. I wouldn't do it. What about aspartame or... Oh, NutraSweet? Absolutely not. No aspartame whatsoever. That wouldn't even come in my house. Okay. So with the grapes, was that an issue that it could ruin the kidneys? Yeah, it has a lot of different issues. And I'm really, I don't really know the science behind it other than that it can really cause kidney issues. So you wouldn't want to cook with wine. Uh, even though the wine, most of the wine uh, alcohol is gone when you're cooking it, but it still has that grape um, leftovers in there. So I wouldn't do that. And is the caffeinated beverages like chocolate with a theobromine, which is really uh, can kill, I mean, a little bit of dark chocolate can kill your pooch. So is yeah. that the same issue with the caffeine? Yeah, same way with the caffeine. Okay, what are some other things they should not be eating? Well, they really shouldn't have, like, like I was going, I wouldn't even give them potatoes. Um, that can cause, you know, heart arrhythmia. Uh, along with tomato, uh, if you get a, like a little leaf or a stem of the tomato, uh, that can also car, call, um, cause heart arrhythmia. Uh, another thing that you don't want them to do is, like in your spices, um, nutmeg can actually cause a seizure. 
And death, too. And death, yes. Also, you know, a lot of dog foods have rosemary in it for a preservative, which, you know, which sounds wonderful, right? But if your dog has a tendency to have a seizure, it could trigger that as well. Wow. Okay. What about mushrooms? But, I'm sorry, what? Mushrooms? Uh, I wouldn't do any mushrooms. Um, my dogs don't get any mushrooms at all. Now, I do know that shiitake mushroom, a small amount of shiitake mushroom, is really good for the immune system. But um, I just wouldn't go there. And also with fish, I would cook my fish. No raw fish? I would not. Uh, I, even though they say that, that if you freeze it for 48 hours, you know, that's great. But I wouldn't do it. And you have to really be careful with the bones and fish, too, because that can what really the, rip their little intestines up. Also, chicken spoiled, bones. Yeah. What about, even raw what chicken that? bones. What about spoiled food? Because, I mean, you know, I've heard that uh, dogs, uh, you know, got much stronger stomachs than we do, and they've got much more enzymes in their mouth. What about something that's spoiling? Well, well, actually, that's really not very good either for them. They can handle it better than we can. Uh, I know, like Mimi, if we're out uh, walking, she can grab a hold of something quicker than I can grab it. And if it's rotten, it's okay. She loves it. Uh, oh, but I will give stuff. her. They love it. I'll give her three or four probiotics when we get home. Now, Casper wouldn't touch it. If it's not in his bowl, and if it's not really good food, he's not going to touch it anyway. So, What about, well, you spoiled your pooches there. What about salt? You want very small amounts. Of course, every, every live being needs a certain amount of sodium. But you sure don't want to give them table salt. And a lot of foods have have sodium naturally in there. So I don't add any extra sodium to their foods. Milk and dairy? Uh, well, you know, I give mine um, goat milk kefir. Oh, that's good. And they love it, and it's so good for them. Also, they get cultured, other cultured foods as well. But I don't, would not give them cow's milk. And the main reason for that is cow's milk uh, molecules, protein molecules, I'm not talking about the sugar, but the protein molecules are much larger than like a goat milk. Goat milk's um, protein molecules are more like a human. They're smaller. So it's much easier to digest. It's easier for the dogs to digest as well. But uh, they do get the, the kefir. But that's about all they get as far as dairy. Okay. So I noticed that my dogs, I had a lot of bald Labrador retrievers, and finally somebody suggested taking corn out of the diet. And then yes. while I was at it, I took the grains out as well. So what does corn do to dogs? Is, uh, bald well, dogs just weren't very attractive. Well, there's a lot of reasons. Most, most of the corn now that are, is used is uh, GMO anyway. But uh, it's really hard for them to break that corn down. They, like I say, they don't have any amylase. And that's not something that they would normally eat uh, any kind of grain. Now, I do give them, on occasion, I give them like um, millet and quinoa. But what you want to do with those, you want to make sure that you cook them a longer time and you add more water to them. And then puree them because it's harder for them to digest. But quinoa has some good protein in it, and 
By the way, I also give them hemp protein, too. Well, why would uh, my dogs become bald? And I assume the association was corn or something they were eating. You know, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know why they would become bald. And when you say that, I don't know exactly what you mean. They get bald just on the head or they're, they're, they're losing their hair all over their body? Uh, mostly on the last half of the body. There's no hair. Okay. Um, I don't know. There could be so many reasons. There could be mites. There could be all kinds. They went of- away as soon as I took the corn out. For all of them. Well, you know, corn is a microtoxin. I mean, they—they they, if—it's so easy for them it to become moldy. And you know, one time, the one of the main reasons I started doing that their their food is when I first had these dogs, I had gotten one of the best uh, dry dog foods that I could find that you know had the best reviews, uh, had good ingredients. Um, and I opened it up, and right in the middle was this huge uh, round of mold. Ugh. So pitch that, and I thought, you know, that's just not something I'm going to ever do again. But, uh, and, and let's talk about, for just a second, if we have the time, let's talk about dry dog food. Please, let's. Okay. Dry dog food, to have a kibble. You have to actually put starch in there, or it won't make the kibble. And you have to cook it for a long period of time where there's little or no nutrients left. So that's why they add, that's why AFCO tells you to add, or to be in compliant, to add 40 isolated nutrients to the bag to become compliant. And that would be considered a well, all-balanced dog food. You know, it's, so, just, it's not like a good whole food. So when I'm looking for what high-end dog foods to buy, uh, given that I'm not much in the kitchen, what kind of kibble or dog food would you recommend? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend a kibble, organic. but what I would, there are two really good uh, dog foods out there that I really like. And I, I don't know whether we ought to tell the, the, the names oh, of them, but they're freeze-dried. What are they called? Oh, you don't mind? Well, one of them is freeze-dried and one of them is dehydrated. And one is called Honest Kitchen, and it's a dehydrated dog food. And the other one is called Stella and Chewy's, and that is a freeze-dried dog food. Okay. Do do dogs have gluten sensitivities? Well, I don't give it to them. Uh, I think most every... Everything has gluten sensitivity in one way or the other. Uh, I, I certainly don't. I haven't had uh, gluten in my house for over 15 years. So your dogs don't get any gluten? No, not at all. Never, never. No. Now, they may get, like I say, quinoa, or they may get a little millet, and they get those kinds of things, But very, or, and they might get a lentils. Okay. But um, they don't get any gluten products at all. And that's why I don't like to buy any of their treats. Do they have food sensitivities, for example? Well, yeah. You mean dogs? They have a lot of food sensitivities. And, um, you know, you can actually go to the vet and get tests for them to see what sensitivities they have. But if you think about it, gluten targets the villi in the intestinal tract. Yes. 
so it, it just harms the, the little villi, which actually help you absorb nutrients. So regardless of whether you're having an actual reaction that you can tell from a gluten product, it still might be harming you in some way. Okay. Um, do they develop food sensitivities such as we do? You give them the same thing repeatedly and, you know, they just start developing a sensitivity to it. Do they have that? Sure, absolutely, and horrible allergies as well. That's uh, like the little dog that I've got that was, um, gene- he was, has genetic issues and allergies. Uh, they tried to make him, uh, it was a, they think he was an experiment, that's what the vets told me, that they were trying to make him a long-haired, pure white dachshund. And so he has horrible genetic allergies and that is a battle on a daily basis. But um, I have to be very careful with what I'm feeding him, and so I rotate I rotate his proteins. He doesn't get the same protein uh, one after the other. He doesn't get it on, you know, if he gets one protein one day, he's going to get another protein another day. Wow. So, but you can always do, uh, get your vegetables already done. And then if you have like canned salmon, which I like. What about the BPA and the cans? Huh? What about the BPA that comes in the cans? Well, you try to do the ones that don't have that. Yeah, um, you know BPA is replaced by BPBs through BPU. Yeah. you do the best you can. And I do that about once every two weeks. They get a can of um, salmon. Anyway, we're coming to a break now. So uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after the break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Did you know that nearly a third of Americans have made us the number one country in obesity rates in the world? It's true. It's time for Right Choices. Tune in every week for the show that aims to make you healthier. You don't need a lot of time, money, or even need to travel far. Host Dietrich Wright will show you what you can do easily to be more fit, healthier, have more energy, and live a better life overall. Be sure to make us a part of your weekend every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health, and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. We'd love to hear from you about today's show. Send your email to drsusan at occupyhealth.com. That's drsusan at occupyhealth.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan, and with me we have Gail Pruitt, who is a nutritionist and who has been studying nutrition for dogs. So we're talking about various you know, ways of cooking for dogs, and Gail recommends pretty much what we eat, uh, you know, rotating the foods, organic, etc. But And they have various nutritional needs, etc. Can you just give a dog a human vitamin? I would not. No, because, we, you know, dogs are all different sizes and they need different things. And so, no, I would not do that. They have specially made really good vitamins, whole, whole foods vitamins that you can buy. They're all natural. Uh, I don't really have a particular um, company that I would recommend because I make all of mine theirs. So they don't have, they don't take any extras. The only thing they do take that's extra is a probiotic. Uh, and I do have particular types of probiotics that I really do like, and also enzymes. So what uh, probiotics do you recommend? I use uh, what I use, which is Dr. O'Hara's probiotic. Oh. And uh, it's uh, the reason I like this one so well, it's been cultured and been freeze-dried. It's not a freeze-dried product. It's a cultured product. It's been cultured at room temperature from three to five years. And, by, by the way, they actually play classical music to them So <laughs> during all that time. And they put them in a vat with all these organic vegetables that, that they are pre-digested. So it's just really a, a, really a wonderful product. And like I say, my dogs have not had diarrhea or thrown up or been, had vomiting in over eight years. One question I have is when I was a child and something odorific was going around the room, we always blamed that a dog. So why do they have such uh, very smelly flatulence? <laughs> well, they certainly do. <laughs> yes. Now, Mimi could, could bring the wallpaper down off the walls, but now Mr. Casper has never had an odor ever in his life. Now, we know that he's bound to have flatulence. He, he passes gas, got to be, but we've never smelled it. And he what has perfect breath. So, huh? Why do the dogs' uh, flatulence smell so? Well, it depends on what they're eating. But um, you know, and Mimi, I think Mimi's one of her problems is that she has she's a very nervous dog, and uh, she's very neurotic. So I think that's probably one of the reasons. Uh, but also, you know, it depends on what the dog eats. If his if he is eating rotting food, he's going to have rotting smelling gas. Okay. Do they have oxidative stress and inflammation, uh, you know, like we humans do? Oh sure. Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, um, that's why I give my dogs. I make them gelatin from bone broth. And what that does is it really helps with bone health, uh, helps with inflammation, uh, 
And, you know, I make sure also that I give them um, heart every once in a while, which has really high coenzyme Q10, which and that, that helps not only the heart, but it helps with inflammation as well. Mm. So, um, but there's a lot of the, the interesting thing about Mimi, because she's an athlete, and she jumps and she runs and she's, you know, Casper, no, he's not going to get off his lazy boy rocker. But Mimi runs, jumps. She, you know, I, sometimes I've caught her on top of my countertop, walking around. <laughs> she just jumps. Counter surfing, huh? Oh, my God. She's just something else. But um, one day she was limping. So I took her to the vet because she's never sick. She's, nothing's ever wrong with her. And I said, I want her leg uh, x-rayed. And they not only x-rayed her, they x-rayed her all over. And what was wrong is she had been running, and her little knee kind of came off out a little bit. But they said, you know, this dog, how old did you say the dog was? And I said, well, she's probably, you know, 10, 11, something like that. And they said, you know, she has got the body structure of a, of a puppy. Wow. There's nothing wrong with her. But she is, she's one of those stray dogs that was a bunch of mixes and evidently her genetics were great why do dogs love smelly food (laughs) well well, one of the reasons is they have a very um, a low amount compared to us of taste buds they have less than 2,000 we have over 9,000 taste buds in our mouth um, but their smell is like almost a million times more than ours. It's really, and some of them 20 times, 20 million times, depending on the breed. So uh, they love that smelly food, and if they smell it and it smells good to them, they don't need to taste it. They can just take big chunks and swallow it whole. Some of it has uh, bone in it. And when it's got bone in it, their stomach acid should be strong enough to break that down. We can't do that. Well, they shouldn't be eating chicken bones or... Oh, no, uh, no. But like, you know, beef bones, and you want them, if they're going to have bones, you need it to be raw. Never any cooked bones. And never chicken bones. And never fish bones. Pork bones or lamb bones. Oh, my goodness. No, those are too sharp. And even raw, they're too sharp. They can really cause some issue in the mouth. So you don't want to give them those kind of bones. But uh, marrow bones are really great on occasion, especially if they're all smooth and round. And you find the, I don't know, they smell like rawhide or something, these bones. I don't know what they did to it, but it smells like it's, I don't know, some kind of rawhide or something. They're real bones, but they smell like they've been processed or something. Well, what, what, where, where do you get those? In pet food stores, you get these big bones. Oh, about two I, no, I don't buy those. I go to the the uh, market, and I get uh, frozen um, uh, raw um, marrow bones. Okay. Can dogs eat? What about raw foods? They have oh yeah. Stomach yeah, I would say my dogs have, or I, I believe in at least sixty to seventy percent raw. 
and even vegetables, raw vegetables, as long as they're pureed. Um, But I do cook for them occasionally, you know, and they still eat, you know, what I eat. But uh, like I say, they get... They do get the raw food. It's it's better for them. They get more nutrients. They get the enzymes. They get all the goodies from raw. But they won't get that unless you puree them because there won't be enough of it that's uh, absorbed. Right. Uh, you're, we're talking about uh, vegetables right now, not you know, uh, carrots not and stuff. Meat, carrots not protein. And celery. Yeah, vegetables. You need to pro- you need to um, yeah puree them because, they, like I say, they don't have all the stuff to actually break that down. So you break it down for them. And that's more like what they would get in the wild. But they do have some enzymes that can take toxins out of decayed foods, don't they? Yeah, in their, in their mouth. Uh-huh. They do. And that's that's really a good thing. Um, that's why Mimi can swallow something absolutely rotten <laughs> off the street <laughs> before I can grab her. And uh, she's not going to die. Why do they eat poo? I, I would. I would die if I did that. Why do dogs eat poo? Well, usually the, the ones that eat the poo are because they have, uh, they're missing minerals, certain types of minerals. So mm. that's, if they're eating their poo, then, you know, I would give them some, uh, make sure that their food has extra minerals in there. Now, they need more calcium than we do. So what, uh, okay, so what vitamins would you recommend, what minerals? Okay, let me tell you what I do. And uh, we have really good eggs that we get. And when we, when I, I cook eggs, what I do is I take the shell, wash the shell, and let it dry. And uh, inside that shell there's a little membrane. Yes. And that little membrane is hyaluronic acid. Okay. okay. So you, I put that in my Vitamix. I usually do 12 at a time, 12 shells at a time, mm-hmm. and puree them down to a fine powder. Mm-hmm. Okay. I keep it in the refrigerator, and one teaspoon of that is about 1,000 milligrams of calcium. Wow. All right. And then it's got 28 other minerals in there as, long, as well as hyaluronic acid. Can humans eat that as well? Yes. Absolutely. Now, if you're going to do it as a human, you might want to put them in the oven for a few minutes to make sure all the bacteria is out. Okay. But I don't. Um, I just, you know, I just wash them off really good. Actually, rinse them off and uh, let them dry. I've got 12 drying right now that I'm about to um, make into a powder. But I use one teaspoon per one pound of food. Okay. Okay. That way, and also I give them seaweed. Okay. All different kinds of algae. So that has a lot of minerals in it. It it has a lot of um, um, protein in it that you don't get in another place. Uh, It's just super healthy. Plus it's got so many different carnitinoids. Okay. So, you know, I don't know if, if, I don't remember if we talked about this earlier, but between the vegetable yellow and bright red, there's over 600 different carnitinoids. And then from, from your dark red 
to your blue-black, there's over 300 that we know of. And every single one of those has a different task they do in the body. Not only our body, their body too, the, the dog's body. So that's why so, it's so uh, important to have such a large variety of foods and not the same thing on a daily basis. Vegetables and fruits that they can eat. I beg your pardon? What can they eat? You know, what vegetables and fruits can they eat? Oh, almost everything. Um, we've got, they can have like uh, butternut squash. They can have yellow squash. They can have zucchini. They can have pumpkin. They can have bell peppers, all different colors. They can have sweet peppers. I wouldn't give them hot peppers. I wouldn't do that to them. (laughs) But um, they can have green beans, kale, lettuces. Um, They even have uh, uh, cauliflower. Should the kale be cooked? No, I puree it. Okay. Now, you could cook it. Yeah, you just don't want to cook to be, it with onions uh, and um, pork. So pork is good. No, I don't think pork's very good. So a dog's digestive tract is supposed to be a little shorter than that. So how long does it take a dog's food from uh, a tip to stern? Oh, it takes probably about eight to ten hours tops. Hours takes anywhere from twenty four to thirty six hours. So that's you know, and they but they have really strong digestive uh, acids in their stomach. But yeah, they it go, they go through it pretty quick, pretty so quick. You can tell if they get diarrhea. That's probably something they ate eight hours previously. Yes, and you can probably see it. If they have an issue with it, Uh, they're really good about um, you kind of know what's going on by their poo. So uh, if they have a lot of yellow and orange poo, that means normally that means they've eaten really too much of the, the, the orange vegetables. Of course, you know, you really can't get too much. I mean, it's not going to hurt them, but uh, you might want to switch it up a little bit. And green, if they get green, it may be a real dark black color. So don't be worried that it's, it's blood. A lot of times people, are, you know, call me up and they said, you know, it's so black. And um, I ask them what they've been eating, and then they tell me, oh, spinach and <laughs> parsley and um, uh, asparagus. I said, well, that's the reason. Okay. That's why it's so black. Okay. So if they get diarrhea a lot, uh, what might the issue be? Uh, well, usually if they get diarrhea a lot, there's probably, you know, some things going on. Number one, I do believe that most of the time it is what they're eating. And if, if they're getting diarrhea a lot, I would definitely change their food. And if that doesn't help, then you might want to go and get them checked to make sure they don't have parasites um, or guardia, which, you know, they, they get if, if you go to, like, a dog park a lot and they, they drink, you know, some of the water that's on the ground, yeah. they might get GRD that. is a lot of fun. I've had it, yes. Yeah, okay, so you know the, you know the deal. What happens but, in South um, Asia when you, uh, you know, eat whatever there's there? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. That's what happens in Pakistan when you eat whatever's there. Right, that's true. That's true. So, uh, but 
you know, like I say, it depends on the dog, too. Some dogs are just have a strong constitution, and they're, they're not going to get those issues, whereas others, like Casper, he doesn't, you know, his immune system is compromised. Uh, he, he could get sick very easily, so he doesn't get to go to the dog park anymore. So what about gingivitis and plaque on teeth? Because, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, the, they get plaque on the teeth. It's uh, quite, uh, you know, an ordeal to have to sedate them or put them under anesthesia to clean oh, their teeth. Oh, yes. What do you do to avoid plaque? Well, you want to start them young, okay, uh, to make sure that they're not eating a lot of, of um, starchy foods because that's usually what causes it to begin with. But different breeds... Uh, de- depending on the breed, some of them get it, some of them don't as much. Uh, what I found is, and I'm going to go back to the probiotics again, I open up the, the Dr. O'Hara's probiotic and there's paste on the inside. And what I do is I open that up and I put that in their mouth and that helps eat the, the tartar and it helps with the gums. Mm-hmm. So that really helps a lot, but, you know, it if you give them really clean food without any starches, that's going to help a lot. Uh, letting them have really good bones, like the marrow bones, that's good. Um, you know, you can brush their teeth. If your hands, you know, uh, if you don't lose a finger. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, it just, you just have to really work at it. There is a product out of Canada I'm trying to think of the name of it. That's really great for just that. Uh, It's a spray. I know there's a lot of sprays out there, but this one does not have any uh, alcohol or uh, it doesn't have any anything that would really take the the friendly bacteria out of the mouth. Because that's what you have to really be careful of when you use different products. Mm -hmm. You want to keep as much friendly bacteria in the mouth as possible. So what do you recommend about dog toys? I see all these rawhide things and plastic things that they seem to love. Well, you know, um, I don't like the rawhide at all. Uh, that could there, there can be some real issues with rawhide. Uh, it really depends on the dog. You know, I mean, I get mine little puzzles to play with um, that I put, you know, like jerky in. And they have to figure out how to get them out. And as far as doggy toys, they've got some bones that are indestructible Mm -hmm. that they play with. There is one bone that that Casper likes better than any of them, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but we have to watch him because uh, he can destroy it within, you know, an hour or two. So we have to take it away from him. But they're too expensive. Is this a normal bone you get from the butcher? No, no, it's a, it's almost a rubber bone. Well, what about the chemicals in the rubber? That can't be well, good for them. You know, well, actually, it's more of a silicon, and you're right. Uh, you have to be careful with that, and that's with any kind of toy, even even tennis balls. I do you understand know? this is a company called Wonderside. You know, W O N D E R C I D E that make organic toys that are safe for dogs. 
I think they're, you know, I think that they make such toys. But I always worry when they're eating all the plastic and all these colored plastic things. That can't be good for them. No, no. You know, but the way I look at it is if we do the best we can, uh, we can't protect them from everything. Just like we can't protect our, our, our children from everything. We try. We try to give them the best that we can give them. But if, but you know, sometimes they just gotta play. And there are things that are really good for the soul that also increase the immune system. So, you know, you just have to kind of balance it. So what things are good for the soul that increase the immune system? Well, anything that makes them happy. If it's a happy dog, their immune system is going to be a much better immune system, uh, just like us. Uh, it's been actually proven that even if we fake a smile, it will increase our immune system and different structure in our brain. Same way with dogs. The happier they are, the, the, the healthier they can be. So how can so, you tell if dog's happy? Huh? How can you tell if your dog is happy? Well, um, I don't know if they if they like to play and they're smiling and they jump up on you and kiss you and uh, enjoy when people come over, uh, like to go out and play. To me, that's happy. Okay. You know, uh, all, okay. like I say, all dogs are different, though. They're all different. They have different um, personalities and different talents. Um, yeah. They have different purposes. Um, an interesting thing, and I, I'm thinking about this right now, but uh, I did an interview uh, from a doctor, cancer uh, doctor, that uh, he has a foundation in California, by the way, and it's uh, Pine Street Foundation. They have what they call labs in the lab. And what they did was they took um, shelter dogs, trained them for two weeks, and they actually helped find cancer much better That's than amazing. any other test that they had ever found. I've read about that. That's absolutely amazing. Or they can predict when a seizure is going to happen, yes. when blood sugar drops, or they can right. detect various chemicals and stuff. That is absolutely amazing. Yes, and, you know, I do believe that dogs are happier if they have a purpose in life, just like us. Mm -hmm. And so now... I'm looking at Casper right now. His purpose is keeping the Lazy Boy Rocker his own. Yeah, because I've got two couch potatoes, and I guess their their purpose is to try to usurp my space. There you go. <laughs> That's their purpose, and it makes them really happy. Now, Mimi, on the other hand, she's a sweetheart. Um, the little dog next door was blind, had cataracts. And that was her best friend. So when well, a dog went bumpy, divert dog went to another huh? question. What would you recommend if they get fleas? I brought mine to a local kennel, and they came back with fleas. You know, this is the year of the flea. It is. It's it's just rampant. They're infesting everywhere. I use cedar side. It's um, different from Wonderside. Wonderside had changed their um, formulation, yeah. so I went with Cedarside. Cedarside does a really a good job. But here's the deal. You have to really vacuum 
uh, constantly. Uh, you have to spray constantly. You have to, I don't know if your dogs sleep with you. Mine do. Uh, so I change the sheets yes. three times a week. <laughs> you know? yeah. But if they have fleas, which Casper will get a flea if there's one in a mile. Okay. Well, anyway, we're coming close to the end now. So <clears throat> I would like you to make any final points, tell people how to get a hold of you. And by the way, she has two wonderful looking cookbooks and it tells how you can cook for yourself good meals along with your pooch and tries to make this very easy and simple for us. But in closing, um, can you tell us how to get a hold of you and any final points? Sure. Uh, uh, you can always call me and the telephone number, let me just give it to you, it's a 1-800 number, 1-800-605-5032 and that's option three. You can get a hold of me, and uh, you can go to drohara'sprobioticscom and you can go and look at the dog products that we have and also the, um, the cookbooks. Um, the one thing I just really want everybody to, to realize is that dogs are, honest to God, real beings, and they love you, and, and to... They really would be, uh, their health is so important. Give them really good food, real food, just like you do. And that's basically it. Okay. So it's not just table scraps, but the whole. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Don't give them table scraps. Don't give them gravy with high fat in it. Uh, that could really cause some problems with pancreas. So you don't want to do that. Don't give them any onions. Try not to give them a, a food with a lot of salt in it, sodium. Occasionally a little sodium is not going to hurt them. But uh, don't give them table salt. Try to get at least like um, a, a good sea salt if you're going to use anything in the food. And um, anyway, we are coming down to the end now. So I want to suggest to all the listeners, you go do your own research about, for yourself and your pets. And so you can help yourselves, help others, and help all the pets. And be well. We got the power to change the world. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.